This is Extreme Ag's Shortcuts. Let's get right into it. The second ear. Is it good or is it bad? You know what? Maybe you already have your opinion. Maybe you have what you think to be factual, but we're going to dig into it right here at Extreme Ag, and I've got two experts. In fact, these guys are corn guys. One of them has a PhD in all this kind of stuff. His name is Brian Adams. His name is Calvin Murphy They're with Ag Explorer. We're standing outside of a cornfield that is a contest field for Chad Henderson, and one thing I noticed along the edge, second ears. That happens sometimes, but I said, hey, Brian, I got told my whole life growing up on a farm in Indiana, you don't really want that second year because it's stealing the energy and the nutrients from what would have been one really good year and you said not so fast Damien so you guys take it away so so to, to point it out yes we're on an end right and that's where the most common place you'll see second ears yeah. are but a lot of really high yield um, corn farmers guys like you see in extreme ag the way they manage uh, you're gonna see them on further out into the field um, you know I don't, it's not something I don't think you'll ever see at a hundred percent rate um, you know, maybe when you start getting up world record level, I don't know. I've never seen corn yield that high, uh, but I've seen a lot of good 300 plus bushel corn, a lot of second ears. Um, they're not always fully formed like the first year. And, and conventional wisdom, yes, is all you know, the old school wisdom. I heard it a long time growing up that that second ear, and all you don't want that it is robbing from the first. And, and as you grow and you learn more and you see more, uh, as a scientist, you better have an open mind or you're not going to be in a job very long. Um, I think. To me, a second ear, and sometimes you even see a, a, a third one, a second one coming out of the same, uh, uh, the primordia there where the, um, where the primary ear is. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think, um, Calvin, feel free to jump in or disagree even. That, that, that is a really good index of how healthy and how happy your yep. crop is up to that point. All right, so Calvin, obviously we are on an edge and we know yeah. we're going to see that more and as a function of daylight and there's no population of corn rows right next to us, next to us, right? Correct. But the whole thing, it's stealing energy from that plant that should have gone to the first year. I got told that for years. I mean, there was probably a time in the old days they wanted the second year, and then they said, no, not in modern days, which would have been the 80s or something, 70s, no. And now we're back to second years are okay. Help me out. So that plant, when you start seeing this, technically it is a, a portion of the sunlight, especially here on the outside row. But when you see it on in the field, it normally means that plant's very happy. It's It has nutrients. It's it's luxury feeding. It thinks it can potentially. Luxury feeding. Yep. Luxury feeding. I so don't like it. it it's it's going to try to buffet. It's going to try to. Like, 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 like at like the Bellagio, yeah. though, not like <laughs> yeah. the Western Sizzler. Bellagio, okay. All right. That's I luxury feeding. I got you. Correct. Bellagio buffet versus Western Sizzler. So we're. We're doing this, and you're saying, no, nah, Damien, it's not taking energy away from the primary ear. It's just throwing another ear. Now, that tells me you need to keep feeding this plant. You you want to try to maximize and let it. It it, it looks like it's been pollinated with the primary ear. Yes, it does. And it you, you need to feed it. Don't don't get short now. You, you're trying to make sure that, uh, that, like Brian said, that ear probably won't fill out 100% like the first ear. Okay, well, if it's not going to fill out to be 100%, let's just go ahead and take that. I'm going to take that and, and segue to the next thing. If it's not going to fill out 100% and he says keep feeding it, how much do I keep feeding a runt? You know what? I'm a livestock guy. <laughs> There's a reason why the runt, the litter, well, sometimes made its demise. It didn't justify being fed because it wasn't going to perform. And he's saying, no, feed the runt. Well, so uh, he is, but I would say at the same time, that feeding still feeding that first ear out yeah. the primary one where you're making that money at. Where anything from here is what you're targeting, right? Down here, everything that you get is a bonus. Is the yep. way I look at it. Um, now you don't want to spend a hundred dollars to get a twenty dollar bonus, right? We all that know that. Um, 
there's a definitive line in there i would be scared to step out and, and try to put any number on it i think it would definitely be a a case by case field by field scenario that's what i was going to ask you how, how much? much of how much you feed it um but you know i mean you think of the things you know that go into grain field nitrogen phosphorus potassium sulfur name any nutrient right yeah. and, and that doesn't necessarily mean come out here and throw the world at it but especially in terms of like a contest guy for somebody like chad standing in his contest field here uh looking at this corn chad's gonna want to throw a little more money yeah. at it, right because his ultimate goal here is to ring the bell okay but you know what people listen to this aren't trying to ring the bell in a contest they don't need a plaque that says that they won they just want to be profitable and they want to get another yep. twenty dollars of rev net revenue out of yep. an acre of field is this second year going to be something that they chase if it's harvestable I, I think so wouldn't That's you right. think brian That's you, right. you want it harvestable where that combine will capture and, it and i don't think you make any sort of decision until you get right here where we are now yeah like Calvin said, we haven't cut that open, but looking at those silks, um, the texture of them, the color of them. And I how short they are. Yeah, and, and the fact they're short, right? They haven't been growing way out chasing pollen uh, because everything was out of sync. It looks like it's when they When they get too long of silks, like they're hanging down like some sort of a, a, an out-of-control palm tree or something, yep. you're saying that's a problem because yeah. you miss the nick. So you, you, you miss you, the nick, meaning right. the shake of the pollen. Yeah, That's right, and, and having that matched up with it. So... Now you come in here and you look, you would take this you would take this ear, pull it off maybe and gauge it and say, Yeah, this is an average representation of, of every second. You just said a little while ago words like sigilla, demise of the uh, chlorophyll, and then you just struggle with representation. Uh, well, you, you you amaze me, I'm Brian. From Tennessee. He is from West from West <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee man. We, we did the best we can. <laughs> can I ask you this, Calvin? Because yeah. you know, you study corn. Is this something that we chase genetics? And science chases the yield, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to start breeding in, and I know a couple of companies already saying this. Are we going to start seeing where they say two ears on every stock? Is that coming five uh, years from now? We're going to be having seed sales reps coming in the driveway saying, you know what, you'll get two ears on every stock. I think it's it's possible on any plant. I don't know if you know it, but every node on a corn plant has the potential to reproduce, to sure. produce an ear. So are the companies that make the seeds and breed for the genetics to get us our yields, are they going to be tout going to be chasing this and touting it in another five years? I don't think they are right now, possibly down the road. Who knows? That's a very political answer. You essentially said nothing. All right, Brian, <laughs> so let's go to you. Really good. Uh, all right, Brian, he didn't give me the answer I wanted because it was not a yes or a no. In five years or even 10 years, are seed companies going to say, you know what, we've really been pursuing this second or even third multiple ears on a stock because as Calvin said, every one of these notches could be producing an ear. Is that something we're going to see five or 10 years from now? Um, I would, I'm going to probably echo Calvin's sentiment and say a whole lot of nothing. Companies are aware of it. Uh, they're already looking at it. Um, how much they're willing to do to drive that exploitation to the market, I think, is going to depend on a lot of things. Um, the economy at the time, you got to understand if you're trying to raise a second ear all of a sudden and you're truly trying to double that first ear, inputs are fixing to go yeah. way up, right? Mm -hmm. Th there's costs associated with everything. Um, this current climate, I don't know anybody that really wants to be chasing a second ear. They're just chasing a, a profitable crop. Now, if the inputs match the return, I think you might see that a little sooner than you would rather than later, but, but, going back into one thing we started into earlier and kind of cut away from at the end of the day the ability for a plant to do that is based off light capture space and and its ability to to quote unquote roam around without ever moving it realizes it has the room to grow 
and the resources to access. Is that a population? Fair way to put it? Population. Yeah, population responsive. Um, I, by the way, I just absolutely love it. He's a he's a PhD in agronomy who uses big, huge words, struggles with representation, and he yep. also talks about the economics. You know how rare it is for an agron agronomic person to be able to toss the economics uh, there. I've got an undergrad degree in ag economics, so there you go. That's where it comes from. <laughs> Galvin, answer me this. Um, it's a thing about population. That's why we see these two or even three-ear uh, stalks on the edge. Yep. That means because there ain't no row right here or here or here. So Correct. it does that. So it's a function of population. We here at Extreme Ag have been doing experiments. Kelly Garrett pioneering this, well, at least leading the charge on this, if you will, on reducing population of planting soybeans. You know, we used to think you had to put 180,000, 200,000 soybeans per acre. He did a trial where we went down to 34,000 and yep. didn't miss the yield by much of anything and saved a hell of a lot on seed, seed cost. Yep. Why don't we go from what's a normal twenty-seven thousand population of corn? Depending, the twenty-seven would probably be more dry land for irrigated ground where I'm from in Mississippi. It's closer to thirty-two to thirty-six. Okay, so maybe up where I am is twenty-seven thousand in Northeast India. Down here is thirty-three. Let's just say as a good number like that. What if we went to just doing half of that, but we got the same amount of ears because every corn stalk threw more uh, ears. Uh, We'd save a lot of money on seed corn at 300 and some dollars a bag. I think you'd be disappointed at the end of the year, though. Brian? I don't disagree with him. It's, it's, um, it's a risk you take, right? Um, I don't know that you would cut it in half. Do I think you could cut it some? Yeah, absolutely. I so mean, can I go from 30000 down to 20000 uh, I've had growers go as low as 17000 If you've got the right genetics yep. with flex ears and the ability to compensate or in this case, the ability to throw a second ear and yep. figure out and be able to identify that, hey, this plant can throw that second ear and get me what I want. The, yes, the, the possibility exists. Uh, I would be more comfortable down to 24,000 person. Okay, so five years from now, we think there's going to be a reduced population of planting on the chance that this thing actually continues to develop second ear, yes? Okay, no, and you're saying? A very outside chance. Okay. Outside. Never say never. But the main thing we answered was our second ear or even multiple ears, good or bad, and you're saying? They're not good. bad. I think they're good. All right. Damian Mason coming at you with the boys from Extreme, I'm from Ag Explorer, uh, Brian Adams and Calvin Murphy. And we're hanging out in the cornfield talking about the second ear. Is it good or is it bad? Now you got their answer, which is eh. <laughs> Until next time.